We are live for the AEW Revolution 2021 review here of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly with this show. And we're going to talk about it all, Ralph. So what are your initial thoughts of AEW Revolution? Uh, you pretty much summed it up. There was some good. There was a little bit of bad. There was certainly a lot of ugly to go around. I think that the show was was long. It really felt like a roller coaster because there were so many ups and downs with everything that was going on in the ring and different segments and things like that. Um, I guess as we go through each match, we can kind of dive into each section and kind of let let everybody know what we're thinking. I think overall, I came away from this pay-per-view in all honesty, honesty, feeling kind of underwhelmed with everything. I think this was a really hyped up pay-per-view because a lot of the matches, a lot of the storylines, a lot of the talk revolving who this mystery uh, person was going to be that was going to be revealed not only in the latter match, but whoever this mystery person was that was going to be signing with AEW for multiple years. Right. Um, there was a, there was a lot of intriguing things and a lot of intriguing storylines going into this. Ultimately, I felt like it underwhelmed, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Unfortunately, things did not quite uh, live up to some of the hype on some things. I think some people were still thoroughly pleased with what we saw from AEW Dynamite. But I think at the same time, uh, this this pay-per-view definitely had some flaws in it. We're going to talk about that. But first, let's get some things in order here. Uh, we're going to be doing some Q&A throughout the show. Uh, you could go in the live chat with the hashtag question. Um, we're going to go in the order of the live chat. And if you want to cut that line, donate to the super chat party. Any dollar amount will do. Also, we have Merchamania running wild starting now going through uh, WrestleMania weekend, 20% off with the promo code mania link is in the description. So Ralph, let's start with the buy-in match here. Uh, originally it was supposed to be Britt Baker with rebel going up against Riho and Thunder Rosa rebel. Thanks to the doctor's note from Britt Baker is not able to compete. So we get Maki Ito, uh, a big favorite of the AEW fan base from the Japanese side of the Eliminator tournament. I don't know if you saw her in the tournament prior to Revolution, but if not, what was your thoughts of Maki Ito? Was there something wrong with her, her not her vocals, but something wrong with the, her entrance? Like it, 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 surely it can't sound like that every time she comes out. Or is that part of her, her shtick and her gimmick? Because think... admittedly, I have not gone out of my way to watch a good majority of the tournament because it's not on dynamite. So, yeah, I, I think that's part of her shtick. I know she like like I've seen her Twitter a lot because people will you know retweet it and whatnot. And she yeah. she has quite a strong language of the English language, but I don't know about that. the karaoke part. Yeah, I guess yeah. that is part of her shtick, though. Okay. So, so I think that, you know, like this and like other, the, the, the other women's match, the women's title match that we saw later on in the night, I think that this was one of the matches that was hurt from the fact that, you know, we didn't necessarily get these matches on dynamite and we only got them on like YouTube or Bleacher Report live mm -hmm. had the tournament had some of its main focal point matches, even if they included her in one match or two matches on dynamite, this probably could have gotten more people's attention. I know that some of the really diehard AEW fans, some of the fans that pay attention to everything that, you know, was put out by AEW, whether it's, you know, the the stuff on YouTube or BTE, whatever it may be, they were really intrigued by this and they really liked it. I, ultimately, I, I didn't think it was, you know, bad per se. I thought she, she certainly has personality, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so 
I don't think it's really a negative. No, it's not a negative. Um, I was definitely thrown off by the entrance, definitely. And and my wife was walking in when she started singing. And she's like, yeah. what the hell is this? I'm like, it's Maki Ito. And, you know, she had no clue, obviously. So she doesn't follow wrestling at all, let alone, you know, basically whatever I watch, she watches. And I've never watched Maki Ito before. And I will say, in ring-wise, uh, I think she was decent. There were a couple of... There were a couple of moments where there was a lack of chemistry. Like there was a spot with Riho and Maki Ito, I believe, where I think one was supposed to strike the other, but they both braced for the 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 strike and it ended up where they chest bumped each other. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that. I didn't know I didn't notice that particular spot. I think the one thing that I did notice, um, you know, and this this was kind of the theme of the night for me for most of the matches. Rebel certainly got involved. Right. Mm-hmm. She hit. Um, who was it that she hit with the crutch? Was it Thunder Rosa or was it? Thun- I believe no. it was Thunder Rosa. So she got involved in the match and the match also went, I think, 15 minutes. So outside interference, overly long match. I get it. It's part of the buy in. But, mm-hmm. you know, does it really need to go 15 minutes? I would argue no. Um, that was my takeaway from the match. It was long outside interference. That's the theme of the night for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit on the long side, but given that the women don't get a lot of airtime on Dynamite, whether that's TNT's decision or AEW's decision, I'm not sure, but you got to give them time. And I guess this is really one way to give them time. And if they're going to deliver with that time, then fine. But I, I think it wasn't a terrible match, to say the least. Like, it wasn't like the worst match I ever saw. It could have been shorter. And there were quite a few botches in it, but I think overall it was a solid, it was a solid buy-in match. Would it, if I was on the fence to tell me uh, it would convince me to buy the show, I don't think it would be, but to some people it might've been, especially because uh, Maki Ito was such a big favorite and people wanted her signed to AEW. And she finally, I mean, I shouldn't say finally, cause what's it been three weeks. She gets signed to AEW and, um, you know, people were excited. She got a good pop when they found out it was her as Britt Baker's uh, partner there. Yeah. I actually went through and graded all the matches throughout the night. I gave this a solid C. Okay. And um, what what makes it a C compared to the others? Like, do you have a criteria on what makes a A, what makes a B, C, D, F? I don't have a criteria. I just kind of did it based on how I, like my lasting impression based on that. If I came away from it saying, okay, I felt like that was a good match. I felt like it could have done some, could have, could have been a little bit better in ring. I think there were a couple of weird botchy spots. Um, Honestly, I I just felt like it was really long and I know that you're mentioning, okay, well, we want to give the women time and yes, you, they should give the women the time, but they shouldn't give them the women the time at the expense of making the women's division look bad. And I didn't think, it did a disservice for the women's division, but it certainly didn't do them any favors. Right. So oh, it's way too long. No, no need for it to be a 15 minute match, but right. just for the sake of being a long match. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the show itself was what? Almost over four hours four and a half total? hours. I think it was pretty close. That's counting the buy-in I think so, but let's get into the main show itself. The AEW tag team championship match, the young bucks versus MJF and Chris Jericho. Uh, and before we actually get to that, we did get a super chat. So thanks to K web $5 donation says, I just want to say, I think for the rest of the year, when it comes to Tony Khan and AEW management, sometimes less is more. Yes, I would yep. agree. 
Yep, I, I agree there. But let's talk about the Young Bucks retaining the AEW Tag Team titles against the team of Chris Jericho and MJF. I thought this was a really solid opening match, in my opinion. I love how it opened up with Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson actually, you know, throwing them down and punching them the way it should have happened on Wednesday, where, you know, I, I know you heavily criticized the promo and uh, I, I thought the promo was decent, but I, I, you know, obviously the criticism was you shouldn't be cutting a promo in that situation. You should be just going after them and kicking their ass. I will say Nick Jackson's punches in that were kind of slow where Matt Jackson actually sold like he's pissed off. So I thought that was a great way to start this match. Yeah, they definitely started out hot in this match. Um, you know, I think they got a little bit of work on the outside of the ring. Um, there were definitely a couple spots where, you know, they were working more aggressive than they normally would. And that's good because that's the type of emotion that you wanted to see from the Young Bucks. And that's mm -hmm. why I was critical of their their promo on, on Dynamite, because I felt like if somebody did what Jericho and MJF did to your father and you had the type of relationship with your father, like the Bucks were kind of expressing your first instinct wouldn't be to go out to the ring and cut a promo. It would be go out there and kick their ass. And as you guys can see, there's a special guest here in the background. Can you see him? He's making his first appearance in a couple of weeks. You got to point the other way. <laughs> He's in the opening of your, there he is. Yeah, do the, there you go. The young bucks pose. The uh, infamous cat, Mr. Kitten, is is here, guys. So for those that keep asking where he's been, where he's been, Ralph hasn't been burying him. He's here. He just decides he's like Brock Lesnar. He just decides whenever he shows up. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, yeah. So the Young Bucks certainly showed some emotion in this match. Again, the, the common theme that I'm going to keep talking about, Wardlow getting involved in the match. Now, granted, it didn't necessarily play into the outcome of the match. But again, now here we go. Two matches back to back. Um, outside interference didn't hurt the match. That's exactly what Wardlow should be doing um, as the the heel, you know, sidekick to MJF. Um, I thought this was a really solid match. I thought this was one of the better matches of the night. Um, so I, I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very solid match. I, I love the tag team offense the Young Bucks provided. I don't think it was really too out there where you're like, oh my God, they're violating tag team rules and all this, you know, stupid things that people criticize AEW tag team matches for. I didn't see too much of that. Um, I will say there was one spot that, it was awesome, but I also didn't like it at the same time. And that was the, the super kicks, not the super kicks, the uh, Canadian destroyer MJF sold the hell out of that Canadian destroyer and kicked out. If I'm MJF and I sell that Canadian destroyer, like I did, I'm not kicking out. That should have been the finish of the match right there. That was a hell of a great sell by MJF and a hell of a Canadian destroyer by, I believe that was Nick Jackson. Yeah, no, there were definitely some good spots. And you know what? For the people that are going to be critical of the style that the Young Bucks work, I'm sure you can go through this match and find spots that you didn't necessarily even like or agree with. Um, you know, and, and much like, again, common themes throughout the night, in a Young Bucks match, you know you're going to get a lot of super kicks, so that's just something we have to accept. I think the unfortunate thing is, for me, one of the things that I felt like I came out of this entire pay-per-view with is, a lot of the guys are working very similar styles and nobody's trying to do anything to set themselves apart. Mm -hmm. If I went through and counted the amount of super kicks, but then I'm let's just, let's just say you're including the bucks match, all the matches throughout the night, there had to at least be without, without even exaggerating 30 plus super kicks last night. 
if I went through and counted each individual super kick, there had to be over 30. Maybe I, I didn't, I didn't keep track. I do know there was a lot of interference, but, uh, oh, we did... I, ha- I have that track. Believe me, I have the outside interference track. Okay. We'll, we'll go down to that at the end, but we did get a couple super chats here. So $5 donation from Harold Romero. Also $2 donation from zero. The hero. He says RV's cat to NWA power confirmed into the fire with a couple of fire emojis. So yep. Uh, NWA is coming back. So, uh, oh, what was your grade on this match? I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was a very good opening match. I, if I were to guess, I didn't write down grades like you did, but I probably gave it a solid B to I open up the B. show. I did, did give, give it a B. B? Yeah. yeah. All right. So again, uh, thank you guys for joining us right now on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. Michael Valenti joining Ralph Valenti here. Merch Mania going on through April 12th. Link in the description to get 20% off promo code MANIA. Link is in the description. We got the t-shirts behind me. You can see the hoodie Ralph's wearing. That's part of it. We also have a mug that, of course, I forgot to bring down with me. Uh, We have ratings, 1849. Watch wrestling every day. A lot of cool stuff there, so check that out. Uh, Let's get some uh, questions in here, Ralph, shall we? Quick questions here. And, again, we're going in the order of the live chat. So uh, here's the first question. If AEW wants to turn the main event match that Kenny Omega cut a promo and said, I sabotaged the explosion because he didn't want to blow himself up and said, I'm smarter than you. We're going to talk about that. We're going to, that. We're going to get into that a little bit more in depth, but they better have a, a storyline reason why the ending was the way it was, I think. But any, any quick comment before we move on? <laughs> no, no. I mean, we'll get, we'll get into it at the end of the review, but right. Uh, Am I the only one that realized this or did Jim Ross sound hoarse? Uh, Jim Ross brought it up. He, he already said that his, his voice was not there last night, but he did work through it. Uh, I've you know been in those situations where whether on radio or doing commentary that your voice is gone um, and you try to fight it out and Jr. did. So I can't criticize him for his uh, weakened voice last night. He did. A, he did a good job with what he was limited to last night. He did. Yeah. I mean, I, I was initially nervous when he first came out and, um, you know, he, after the, after the first initial open, I thought he sounded fine. Yeah. Uh, next question. Do you believe AEW needs to stop catering to the smart marks and just try to create compelling wrestling television? I'm worried it will eventually bite them in the ass. That's actually a good point. AEW right now has, you know, they they have a very strong niche audience right now, male 18 to 49, maybe even go, uh, 25 to 54, they don't really tap into those other demographics. So um, compelling television is definitely going to help touch into those other audiences. We saw what happened, uh, WWE doing some things out of the norm with the whole Miz thing and NXT finally bringing storylines in. And it's helped not just in their main audience, but spread out in separate uh, demographics. So I would agree. They do need to worry, compel, focus on the storylines than just catering to smart marks as the comment said there. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I definitely think if you go through and look at some of the things that happened last night or some of the matches, yeah, I think they do cater to, I don't know if you want to use the term smart mark, I guess fans that are more dedicated to the uh, like dirt sheets and and, diehards. Yeah. You're diehard fans. I think that they try to cater to them sometimes too much to a fault. Um, and for right now, I think that's okay, but coming out of the, the pandemic, I think they need to be smarter about the way they book things, 
the way certain matches are certainly worked and some of the things that they are doing in the matches for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, next question here uh, involving the tag team title match. Now that Jericho and MJF lost the titles, a uh, title shot to the Bucks, can Santana and Ortiz finally get a real run as tag team contenders? We'll see on Wednesday what this whole war council is. Uh, I think that's going to be huge. I think what ends up happening is there's a mutiny and they kick Jericho out of the inner circle personally. Uh, I, that would I be great. And that's something that they need to do. Kind of those kind of storylines there. And that's going to help Santana and Ortiz at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that's actually where they're going to be heading with this whole thing. Right. All right. Uh, any more questions? I don't think so. So we'll head on to the next next match here which is the Tag Team Battle Royal. 15 teams coming in in 90-second intervals. We have Ray Phoenix and Pac winning it, last eliminating Jungle Boy. I felt like this was entertaining. Um, Maybe a little too long. I I think they could have dumbed it down to maybe 10 teams and still got the job done because I felt like five of those teams were... Really served no purpose. Obviously, QT Marshall throwing himself out after he eliminated the gun club and Dustin Rhodes, you know, getting mad at him. So I think Cat was... We, a- let, let's talk about that really quick. Does that make any type of sense? Because here, here's the note I wrote down. So QT Marshall essentially eliminates two members of the Nightmare family, correct? Correct. Because he wants to win the match. Only correct. to get into an argument with Dustin and right. eliminate himself. And yes. not win the match. Because, so, <laughs> because he doesn't care about the Nightmare family anymore. He's in it for himself, and he wants to win championships. And if Dustin's going to be like, hey, why are you throwing out our own guys? QT Marshall's in it to win it. Dustin wants to win, but he still wants to play nice. And, um, and it's like a Royal Rumble. Every man for himself. So if you're not going to focus on our team winning, then screw you. I'm out of this. That's basically what I. That's how I interpret it as. Okay, well. We don't need to spend a half hour debating that, that back and forth, but I digress. All right. Well, um, um, there were a couple couple things that I did notice. Obviously, Bear Country, I thought they looked good in this match. Um, I think John Silver and Alex Reynolds looked pretty decent in this mm-hmm. match. Uh, Evil Uno taking the worst herd of Karana from Marco Stunt I've ever seen. It's like, oh, shit. I'm supposed to go to the corner, but he actually pushes Marco Stun off, then runs. Like, it was so bad. Uh, comical. Comical. But, uh, I mean, Jungle Boy looked awesome, though. Jungle Boy looked awesome, especially at the end. Ray Phoenix really needs to figure out how to slow himself down. Because if he doesn't, he's going to end up in the concourse the way he does his tope suicidas. He just freaking flies miles upon miles away from the ring. Thank God the barricade was there because if it wasn't, I don't know how far he would go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought this, this match had its moments. Um, I think that when we got to the final four, I think that's when things really started to pick up. You know, I, I think they certainly could have cut down on the amount of teams that were in this, this match went 27 minutes. So Oof. it was one of the longer matches. I think that certain parts of it were intriguing and captivating and had some cool spots. Um, when it got down to the final four, that's really when I think things started getting good. The last couple of minutes with Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy were awesome. They were. Um, really good drama, really good selling parts. Um, Sil- uh, John, uh, Silver there, the part where he was hanging out of the ring 
and he was holding on by one arm and went back into the ring. Mm-hmm. That was another good spot. I think yep. I think that the tail end of this match was good. The middle of it was clunky. Um, the beginning of it was kind of, you know, I was just trying to determine if this was going to be either good or go south and just kind of be a, a, just a complete disaster. But uh, again, outside interference, Jack Evans is getting involved. Uh, who else? The bunnies involved multiple times. You'd already talked the, the spot with Marco Stunt. So now we've got the three opening matches, including the match from the buy-in. Every single one of them so far had outside interference. Mm-hmm. Like to that person's point, who said, "Okay, well, are they trying to book for smart mark fans?" I don't think they're trying to book for smart mark fans, but they're trying too hard to get everybody involved with all the matches. Sometimes less is more. Right. And when it came to this. You already have X amount of people in the ring. Do we really need to see Marco Stunt involved? Does the bunny really need to get involved? Jack Evans, this is only one of the two matches he got involved with. Is it really necessary? I, I'd argue no. I'd, I'd argue that you can still do everything you wanted to do and accomplish what you wanted to accomplish without including all those people getting involved. Right. Um, I, I, that's just my thought. Right. I, I think... Like I mentioned this on Wednesday because there were things that happened on Dynamite that I was like, you only you let one segment do it and then the rest kind of do their own thing. When you have a lot of matches have interference involved, it kind of loses the luster and the heat of interference, outside interference. So when Wardlow does it and then Jack Evans is doing it, it's, you know, it kind of diminishes, especially when you want the main event to have some outside interference at that point. It's like, who, where's the security in this place? Does anybody hold any order? And again, you bury the refs because they can't control any of these guys. So where, where's the, the people backstage, where's the referees enforcing this? It makes it very hard to like, like some people can get upset at that. Yep. Yeah, yep. no, I, I, and, and that was my big takeaway. So overall last couple minutes were the thing that really, did it for me. I thought the last few minutes of the match were really good. The middle was kind of, eh, whatever, throw away. Mm-hmm. What but was your grade on this? I gave this one a C plus C plus. Okay. All right. Let's go to the women's championship match here. And that is Hikaru Shida versus Rio Mizunami uh, for the women's championship. It was a good match, but this went way, way, way too long. This one should not have gone as long as it did. Uh, there were some good strikes. Like I am one that loves heavy hitting strikes in wrestling. And this one definitely did that. But it got to a point where like every like two seconds, there was some false finish and it just kept going and going and going. And yes, the crowd was invested. So if they're invested, you know, props to them. But I think at this point, it was getting to the point where it's like, all right, are we just doing this to extend the match to give the women time or the match just time to begin with, or is this going somewhere? Yes. Uh, and that to me, I think hindered this match. It was a good match. Um, but I think it could have been a lot better if you cut down maybe five minutes of this match. I'd, I'd agree. And you know, I, I'm going to make a comparison here to WWE at to, to a fault because I know this is going to bother some people, but I don't know a better way to make this point. I feel like with AEW, a lot of times, a lot of the matches, and I already kind of touched on this with the super kicks and the pump kicks and a lot of the things that you see in a lot of the matches, most people are doing the same things. A lot of the matches follow the same formula. 
High spot, high spot, high spot, kick out, kick out, kick out, kick out. Longer matches will get better ratings and the fans will be more invested. The difference is if you compare it to like a WWE pay-per-view, the WWE pay-per-view is going to have your 15 to 20 minute match, your main event. You're going to have your Daniel Bryan undercard match where it's going to be 15, uh, 12 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have some big spots with, with submissions and drama and false finishes and things like that. But you're also going to have your three to four to five minute matches that are one big move, one and done, pin, and, it's, and, and that's it. That makes those longer matches and the false finishes more effective and the fans are more bought into it because they're not conditioned to just just kind of check themselves out. By the end of this match, I was just like, you know, how many kickouts, how many big spots at at some point? I was just like, you know what, like this just isn't doing it like they're doing big spots for the sake of doing big spots because they feel like they have to do it to please the fans. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes less is more, man. You know, pick your spots. Get your three big spots in. This is a championship match. Nobody's saying that it has to be five minutes, but they went 15 minutes. It could have gone 10. Wait, it only went 15 minutes? That's what I have. 15 minutes. It It felt felt like it went an eternity with all the kickouts. Like by the end of this match, it's like, dude, like there's no reason that all these matches have to be 15 plus minute matches. Like Mm -hmm. they can, you can have a good eight minute match. Sheeta could get her moves in. Uh, Rio could get her moves in and they can go home and the fans can be happy. Right. I, I don't understand why all these have to be these long odyssey matches. And there's all these false finishes pick and choose your spots, man. It's one thing where if you look down the card and you know, you have a couple matches that go past 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like every match other than one match went more than 15 minutes. Yeah. And I mean, I understand it's a pay-per-view. You want people to have their money's worth. So that's why, you want to have these long matches, but it's, but that doesn't mean that doesn't ensure quality. That's yes, what, that's exactly. The that's I'm the making. point I was just about to make. It's okay. quantity. It's quality over quantity. You, like you said, you can have a good eight minute match and have a really bad 25 minute match. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a good short match. Like, WrestleMania 33, for example, and I, I don't want to play the AEW versus WWE game here, but WrestleMania 33 was a long ass show. The main event was Roman Reigns and, and The Undertaker. That match went 20 minutes, and it was terrible. Yep. The best match of the night was five minutes. Goldberg was versus Brock, Brock Lesnar. The match itself was shorter than their entrances. So yep. that goes to show you, like, you can have a good match in much shorter time. Like, quality over quantity is what I say. And listen, it was a decent match. Like I said, it was a decent match. If you trim out five minutes... It would have been probably the match of the night, I think. Um, I would not go that far, <laughs> but that's your that's your really? objective you, view. Well, well, I did not. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if it was because I wasn't I wasn't bought into the match to begin with. Yeah, I thought that's I thought part it of it. Star- I, I thought I thought it started out good, and then by the end of this, I was just like, you know what, like I. I just, all these false finishes, I just didn't care anymore. I yeah. was mentally checked out. It went far too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. The match itself, it was right. okay. And, it was okay. And, and, and I'm seeing people in the in the comment section talking about like, oh, like you want to talk about squash. Like, I'm not saying have squash matches. You know, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, and Ralph is probably agreeing with me on this, you can have 
a decent match in shorter time. Not everything needs to be these epics of wrestling matches. That's all we're saying. So somewhere, somewhere, I think we got caught up on the the idea that if a match, and, and this probably comes from, if I was to guess, this probably generates from when Dave Meltzer graded Okada and Omega matches five, six, seven stars. Those were long matches, and they were mm-hmm. great matches. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere along the line, people looked at that and said. If we put on these long ep- episode, epic matches, um, these longer matches with false finishes and kickouts, that's going to ensure that the fans are going to be happy and that's going to ensure it's a good match. Right. But it's only if you are able to tell the story and keep the fans invested. By the end of this match, I wasn't invested in it. You know, if you look at the Iron Man match back when Brett and Sean had their Iron Man match, that was over an hour long. That was a tough task for people to, to for, for them to follow. Mm-hmm. And they did it, and people were invested in it. It goes down as one of the, the best matches of all time, a lot of people would consider. Um, but just to have a, a long match for the sake of having a long match, to me, that doesn't make a good match. I'd, ra- right. I'd rather take a 12-minute match that had a couple of false finishes and sp- big spots and told a good story and kept me invested than something like this that obviously people, I'd imagine most people weren't invested in by the end of it. Right. All right. So let's, uh, th- what was your grade on this before we head to the questions here? I, I gave this a C. A C? Yeah, right. it was, it was, it was okay. It all right. So bad, we're gonna, it wasn't good. All right. We're going to do some questions here again. Hashtag question, uh, in the comments below. Also, um, we got Merchamania going on 20% off all our merch in our store. Link in the description. Use the promo code mania. We're going to be doing the questions and the answer. I see them in the live chat. If you want to cut the line, Donate to the Super Chat Party, any dollar amount. Uh, we've already had a couple donations. Thank you so much so far to Harold Romero, also uh, K-Web, and Zero the Hero for your quest, uh, for your uh, Super Chats there. But here's the first question, Ralph. Did anyone notice or hear the refund chant at Revolution? I didn't notice, but I heard about it today. I didn't hear it uh, when I was watching last night, but I did see clips of the end. And I heard people chanting, this show sucked. And I also heard, I did hear people talking about the refund chant. I don't know if you heard it, Ralph. I did not hear that. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, thinking from AEW, their fans would never, I would never think would hijack a, a show, but you know, they were not fans of how the show ended. And I guess some people, I mean, maybe they're, maybe they were WWE trolls that were there just to boo the show regardless of if it was good or not. So I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. It's their opinion. If they thought the show sucked, it sucked for them. I'm not going to change their ways. But uh, next question, have you guys seen the live in arena videos? That is the first time I heard boos and refund chants. So, yep, like like I said, I saw some of those videos, especially with the end. Um, yeah. Do you guys think Christian Cage will be Kenny Omega's challenger at Double or Nothing? I don't think so. Mm, I'm going to talk yet. about I, I'm going to talk about where they go with this uh, later on in the show when we get to the end. But I do not think it's going to be Christian. Um, let's see next. What's with Maki Ito screaming? Surprise, MF. We obviously we can't say what MF means, but um, I guess that's just her thing. She likes to scream. She likes to flip people off. That's just her thing. So. Uh, where was FTR? Good question. Yeah. I mean, unless they were winning the thing, they probably didn't want him in it. And seeing that they had Phoenix and Pac win, 
FTR wasn't winning, so maybe better off protecting them by not having a minute to begin with. Will Sammy join with Jericho to take on the rest of MJF's version of the inner circle? I could get into that. The return of the sex gods. Book it, Tony. Uh, let's no. see. Next question. A lot of people about the uh, everyone kicks out. Uh, it has nothing to do. God, God, it has nothing to do with kickouts. It has nothing to do with false finishes. It has everything to do with going excessively long for absolutely no reason. And the, the tail end of that match being almost dreadful. Mm-hmm. Overly yep. long does not make make for a good match. Right. Exactly. All right. Let's head to the next match here. Um, it is the tag team match. Mero and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Um, so this starts off in the back where Mero and Kip Sabian attack Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Uh, uh, Orange Cassidy is slammed onto a case. Chuck Taylor's dragged out after getting thrown through a glass window. Uh, Mero starts the match or Chuck Taylor starts the match. And basically for the whole thing, Mero dominates. There's a point in this match where Orange Cassidy comes back, gets the hot tag, play kicks. Mero, you called it, Ralph. It was It did happen. Um, I, I knew the exact spot, exactly what it was going to look like. I envisioned it in my head. And it went exactly word for word, how it was going to be in your head. Yes. I said it yesterday. Did I not? Yes, you did. Yes, you <laughs> did. Uh, but at the end, um, I believe it was Chuck Taylor. They got pushed into Penelope Ford, uh, eventually leading to, are, are they calling it, is the move now called game over? I know it was the accolade in WWE. Are we calling it now game over? But either way, it was, it was uh, a win for Miro, Kip Sabian. Uh, I thought for the most part, Miro did look dominant in this match as he should have been. And hopefully this is the start of a long streak of Miro showing his dominance in AEW because he really needs it at this point. He does. He needs to get away from Kip. They need to utilize him correctly. Look, there's, there's either one of two scenarios with Miro. He is a guy that was underutilized and has a lot of talent that can be a major player in AEW, or he is the guy that was protected in WWE and only capable of going out there and doing what he was capable of doing in WWE. But they have to give him the opportunity to go out there and try to be the guy that he thinks he can be. Um, I don't think he's going to do that working with the likes of, of Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Look, give him, give him, give him like Lance Archer. Give him like Cody. Give him, give him a feud he can get invested in. Give him, give him the opportunity to show that he is one of the better guys in pro wrestling because the word that gets associated with him is underutilized and maybe right or maybe wrong because a lot of people saw him go to AEW and just kind of assumed that he was going to be a major player in AEW. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened yet. It doesn't mean it can't happen. But, I mean, just comparing what he was doing in WWE to what he's doing in AEW, I mean, was he really any worse off staying in WWE? I don't, I don't think he's really being utilized to his full potential right now um so nope. i tell you what though it is a good thing that they gave orange cassidy that win over chris jericho however long ago because they're certainly utilizing him correctly since that big win i know it, it's that went like, a long way i mean I, I who could have foreseen that did anybody even call that out or was everybody talking about how great orange cassidy was for weekend for weekend and week out yeah i mean it seemed like at one point orange cassidy was like the most popular wrestler in aew and I mean, he has his shtick, but 
we've seen this before in wrestling with the with guys like Eugene and the Hurricane and stuff, where like it's great for a short period of time, but unfortunately, it runs its course. And- He's Grado. He is Grado. Anybody that's a wrestling fan, go and look up Grado. Go watch some videos. Listen to the react. If you saw the reactions that he was getting when Grado would come out, mm-hmm. you would think that guy's going to be the next big thing in pro wrestling. Yeah. Didn't happen. And remember where you heard it first. It was me who said that. Right. We did get a $5 donation to the Super Chat Party. Mario Morales, thank you very much for your donation. $5 just wanted to spend on a show. That's worth it. Thank you very much, man. Really appreciate it. Also, we got that Merchamania going on. 20% off all merch using that promo code MANIA. Link in the description. Already, It's already uh, put in. When you t- When you click that link, it's already executed. The promo code's already there. You just got to pick what you want and go from there. T-shirts. Ralph's got the hoodie on. I have the other hoodie behind me. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, let's see. Uh, where are we going now? We're going to the big money match. Speaking of money, Matt Hardy and Hangman Page. Now, I thought this match was good. I thought this match was a pretty solid match. Good wrestling match between these two. I liked uh, Matt Hardy going after Hangman Page's hand. Good yep. ring psychology there. Again. We had interference. So what's that now? Four matches so far with interference? Well, I didn't mention it. Penelope Ford got involved in the match before that. So that would make one, two, three, four. This would be the fifth out of sixth match with outside interference. And yes, the Dark Order did get involved, as did Private Party. I loved this match until that point. I thought this was actually, I thought this was the match that was going to end up stealing the show. They got about 15 minutes, it looks like, by my count. And this was a really good match until, again, the ending just got, they muddied the waters. They didn't have to do it. I I knew the Dark Order was going to get involved. But like this this match, though, this match, though, it made sense. It did, but it doesn't make sense when you're doing it in every match. That's the problem. Right. No, I agree with that. But this match, if you're going to have outside interference in any match on this card last night, it was this one because the story isn't really... Matt Hardy and Hangman Page, like they do have their story, but the story is with Hangman Page and the Dark Order and Private Party and Matt Hardy that they just merged, <coughs> excuse me, they merged the two um, storylines together for this one big money match. And we get the culmination of Hangman Page finally acknowledging the Dark Order as as friends, I guess, with that hugging out. And I thought that was a good moment and the crowd popped for it. So that was very good. And <coughs> excuse me, uh, I'd like to see where this goes starting on Wednesday. Does I don't think Hangman's going to officially join the Dark Order, but, you know, he'll acknowledge them as like, hey, if they got my back, I got their back. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if he's necessarily going to join the Dark Order, but, you know, I guess we'll kind of see where this goes. But I, again, I, I thought this match was was good. I like the way they worked it. I like the way that Matt Hardy was focusing on the hand and the arm. It made sense. It was logical. And, you know, the end was just, uh, I just wish they didn't go that route because I know that to some fans, that's the ending you wanted. I, th- I, I don't think they needed to go that route. And I think that this was going to be the match that a lot of people look to that kind of, I don't want to say stole the show, but surprised a lot of people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, let's see if we can get some questions in here. And again, we're going in the order that we see in the live chat to make it easier for me to see your question. Use the hashtag question in the live chat. Also, uh, if you want to cut that line, cause I go in the order that I see them in the live chat, 
Donate to the Super Chat Party. Any dollar amount, you get your question or statement read out loud on the show. And also, as you see on the lower third, Merchamania is going on now through April 12th. 20% off with the promo code MANIA. Link is in the description. So uh, let's start this off with... Uh, where are we going? Do you think the less is more quote should have been used in the main event with the explosion at the end? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is the one time where probably you'd want more of what you're expecting and not the less. Yes, I, I totally agree. Um, how, let's see. I, okay. I, I'll try to read this. It's, it's a little, a little broken English. So I'll try to read this as best I can. I apologize. Uh, but how were you guys that murder Hawk didn't win the ladder match? He was built up the last three Wednesday nights all for nothing. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, I think Scorpio is a, is a decent winner, though, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. Yep. Uh, let's see. What's the next question we got here? Uh, what do we got? What do we got? I think that's all the questions we got right now. Uh, do you think of the ROH... What do you think of the ROH booking style for AEW? I think, I don't know if that means that they want to book it like Ring of Honor and AEW or they think our Ring of Honor books. I'm not quite sure how that question looks. So uh, maybe clarify what you mean by that. I apologize, but uh, what's Kenny Omega's next feud for the title? Good question. Um, We'll let that bake for a while. Because yeah, when I, we talk about the main event, we'll let that go. Which was worse, the explosions or the Shockmaster? I'm not going to lie. The first thing I thought of when I saw it was the Shockmaster. Because that it, it, I really think this is going to go down as one of the, the, the major um, letdowns in pro wrestling history. Yeah. I mean, that, that, was, um, that, was, that was a pretty big dud. It, it was. It really was. Uh, someone said you guys should watch the press conference of Tony Khan. He explains everything about the explosions at the end. Uh, laugh oh. my ass off. Um, I, I mean, I've heard some of the comments that were said from both Moxley and Tony Khan. And again, we're going to talk about that. Um, how did you like the commentators? I tell you who I did not like last night. Tony Schiavone was bad. Really? And, yes. He, oh man. And we're going to get into this with the next match, the next match here. But every time a heel was getting beaten up by somebody, he would say like, yeah, get him, get him, hit him again, hit him again. It's like, okay, well, you're there to provide the commentary. And I get it. You're supposed to be rooting against the heel. Yeah, but but everyone, every match. Well, yeah, there's there's baby face commentators and there's heel commentators. There's nothing wrong with that. That that happened in the Attitude Era all the time. Okay, here, Jim here Ross, his, make yourself famous with Jeff Hardy big, and the Undertaker. His, here was his biggest mistake last night. Tony Giovanni last night when um, Ethan Page debuted. Do you remember his his quote? I do not. Refresh my memory. Okay, his quote was this: "Would you look at that? That's how he put over put him over." When Ethan Page made his debut last night, that was literally what he said. Would you look at that? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the best you can do for a guy debuting. Well, if you don't know who Ethan Page is, that's the best you I, can do. I would argue that I don't know if, if Tony Schiavone knew who he was. That's what I'm saying. 
Tony Schiavone might not know who Ethan Page was heading into that. Uh, next quick question here. Do you think AEW pay-per-views are too expensive? WWE only charges $10, soon to be 5 with Peacock, for a month of the library and the current pay-per-views. I just can't justify uh, when the last few pay-per-views have felt meh. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the whole thing is like, it's a weird study. And I believe uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics did this study. And if you don't follow that guy on Twitter, do. The guy is, a, you know, he knows the financial side of wrestling and he knows the, the ratings. I think he probably analyzes the ratings the best on social media. Um, definitely follow him. But he did a study where as the, the increase of pay-per-views went on throughout the 90s, the amount of buys also increased. So if you bring it down, it might actually hurt the amount of pay-per-views that AEW sells. Yep. So while I get the idea of, you know, making it cheaper because WWE does it, but also let's not forget AEW only does it four times a year, whereas a, uh, WWE only does it or they do it every month. So they could kind of get away with it. Plus they are their own entity where the cons own the Jaguars. They own Fulham football club and they own all these other businesses. AEW is not their only money. So, they have to get more bang for their buck and they're not going to lower the price because it's better for us knowing that, you know, a hundred thousand, hundred thousand pay-per-view buys is going to get them $5 million. You know what I mean? So, and, yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. It's all, it's all about the value. Like if somebody sees the value in something, like if you say something's 99 cents, you know, automatically somebody's going to look at that and say, okay, well that's cheap but they also might associate a sense of quality to that price. Exactly. You know? So that's that uh, somewhere subliminally you're doing that in your mind. And you don't even realize it. So $50 probably is the right price based on those studies and stuff like that. Like you're suggesting, um, I guess it's kind of up to each individual fan if they're willing to part with that $50, but right. You know, and I, I, and I understand like it's, you know, the times that we're in, people might not, have the $50 to put in. And I've seen people on Twitter trying to, you know, find ways to watch it for free. Or if you get a VPN, you can watch it on fight for $20. Like there's ways around it, but you know, if you think it's worth the 50 bucks, I mean, that's the, you take a gamble with it because a lot of us spent that $50 thinking that, you know, we were going to get a very, very good show. Exactly. And sometimes they deliver. Sometimes they don't same with, past WrestleManias and, and Royal Rumble survivor series, you know, not every show is going to be worth that $50. Sometimes they're worth more than that $50. So you, you roll the dice, just like going to the casino. Sometimes you walk away with twice as much as you walked in. Sometimes you're heading to the ATM because you lost a hundred bucks or 200 bucks in like five minutes. Correct. So. Hey, uh, just really quick, because people keep commenting on this. Well, who is Ethan Page? Who is Ethan Page? Look, if you don't know who he is, that's fine. But that's exactly why Tony Schiavone's response was the exact opposite response you'd want. You'd want him to come out and for the, the commentary team to essentially make it feel like he's a big deal and build him up and talk about all of the accolades and all the things that he has done prior to AEW. You know, you don't want it to just be like, oh, well, I don't really know who this guy is, so it's not really a big deal. You want to build him up. That's why I'm being critical of what Tony Schiavone did when he came out. Now, um, I know sometimes people are critical 
of um, the rest of the commentary team, and including Excalibur. Excalibur actually did something really good here, and I'm glad he did this because I made a note of this. Anybody who's watched the series, The Wrestlers, I think it was called on Vice, mm-hmm. um, they did a special on the up-and-coming guys. Two of the guys were actually Ethan Page and Darby Allen, and they actually talked about the feud that they had back on the indie scene, and it went on for a really long time. They worked with, uh, was it Gabe Sapolsky in, what was it, Evolve, I believe? Yes. Um, I just watched this episode a couple nights ago, watched it back, and that's exactly what you want to do. You want to kind of build it, build him up and talk about guys that he's worked with and people that he can that he's associated with. So now Excalibur essentially has told you that he's had feuds with guys like Darby Allen, and we know Darby Allen is a champion in AEW, so you would think that he can perform at that level. By him coming out and Tony, Tony Schiavone just being like, well, look at that. It's like, okay, well, so what? If you're somebody who doesn't know anything about Ethan Page, well, you probably don't feel like he's anything to care about or you don't feel like he's special. Mm-hmm. But had he put him over... That's the job of the commentary team. That's right. why I'm being critical of him. Right, right. So uh, let's head on to the next match here. Uh, thank you guys for your questions so far. Uh, keep using that hashtag question. We, like I said, we go in the order that I see them in the live chat, but if you want to donate to the Super Chat Party, any dollar amount will do, um, and you'll get your question read or answered or statement read. Any part of the show. doesn't have to be during the question time, but... Uh, the face of the revolution match, we already brought out that Ethan Page was the surprise entrant in that. Also, Scorpio Sky gets the win here. I thought, you know, going into it, Lance Archer would have been a, a solid choice to win here. Uh, he looked pretty dominant, even though he lost. Ethan Page, I thought, looked pretty good in his AEW mm-hmm. debut. But I think this is the right move with Scorpio Sky. And I, I'm willing to bet he beats Darby on Wednesday. You think he's going to beat Darby? Now, do you think that there's going to be... Oh, I shouldn't even ask this. Is there going to be outside interference? Of course there's going to be outside interference. There was outside interference in this match again, too. Um, but anyway, uh, do you think that any... Does Team Taz come out and cause him the title? Is that what you, is that what you think? Or you just think he's going to beat him clean? I don't know. Like I, I think they would want to... Pro- they either protect Darby because, A, the huge elbow drop that he gave at the end of the street fight... He's got injuries. So yep. you could just play to that and and Scorpio wins clean, quote unquote. Or Team Taz gets involved. Um, but I do think that Scorpio Sky is winning the TNT championship. Um, did you notice that people were starting to boo Cody Rhodes when it seemed like he was gonna win the match? I did. I did notice that. And you know what? I I don't know if that's by design because if you watch and i don't think you watch the countdown show but they ask cody Rhodes, well why are you involved in this match what makes you think you're somebody who should just be in the match um and he said well that's easy i'm cody Rhodes." so i think that he's due for a heel turn i think we're going to see that probably sooner rather than later it's only logical the fans are going to if he continues to put himself in these positions and have you know the grand entrances like he's having that is going to unfortunately turn off some fans i like cody Rhodes, but um, I do know that some fans get pretty annoyed with him and his antics. Well, I think at this point, like, I know some people give the criticism that he's just trying to be Triple H and AEW, and you obviously could see that the over exaggerated entrances, the the sledgehammer thing that happened um, back in um, Double or Nothing 2019, stuff like that. So I, I get where they're going with it, but 
I mean, it's not like he really keeps himself like at the like he should be one of the faces of the company. Like he's deserved that spot. But I also understand people feeling like he shoved down our throats at the same time, because if they see it in other promotions, AEW should not be invincible by that criticism either. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's not, Cody can't even challenge for the heavyweight. I, I get it. I mean, I I think sometimes people overreact with Cody a little bit, but I think it's probably done by design. He's setting himself up for a major heel turn. I think mm-hmm. at some point, so it, it's got to happen. It's got to it happen. Absolutely, is going to happen, and he's going to be great at it, and he's going to get under a lot of people's skin just because he's doing all of those things already now. Right, I agree. Now, uh, we did get a super chat here from Greg the Groove Drummer uh, Drum Covers. Uh, we're going to get to your question in just a second here, but what do you think of Max Caster's rap in his entrance? Throwing all these different pop culture references in there. I know some people weren't, weren't too happy with his Lady Gaga dog walker comment uh, this past week on Dynamite, but he throws in guys like uh, Governor Cuomo in his rap. Mm. Dr. Seuss is in there. He's, he definitely toes the line with these rappers. And I got to admit, I kind of like that. He toes the line. Like you don't see that in wrestling anymore that people are, you know, we try to get heat, but not to the level that Max Caster is trying to do where he's touching on pop culture references to get that heat. And some like controversial pop well, culture references. He's, he's going to get a he's going to get a pop out of his his comment in Florida about Cuomo because <laughs> if anybody who pays attention to politics, DeSantis, I think that's the same, right? DeSantis yes. and uh and Cuomo have gone at each other through this whole freaking pandemic. So, um yeah, it's just uh I thought it, I thought it was fine. I thought it was entertaining, and, and you know what? Let's not be so quick to just judge everything that he he's saying. It's just he's doing what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's all in fun, right? Right, and you know, as long as he's not like being overtly like racist, misogynistic, or anti-Semitic, let him let him touch those. You know, cross those lines once in a while. But... He's no worse than MJF. MJF no. is worse than him. He cro- MJF crosses more lines than he does. So right. I mean, he's not calling anybody turkey tits, but <laughs> no, no. All right. So here's the question uh, for for anybody keeping count. There, uh, this was there was outside interference in this match as well. This was Jake the Snake did get involved in the match, as did uh, I believe this was Evans who got involved in this match yep. as well. Yep, Evans got involved as well. So that's yep. now like seven of eight. Or six of seven. Yep, pretty much. Uh, all right, so here's the question from Greg here. If people scam and don't buy the pay-per-view, it's part of the problem. AEW needs to compete with WWE. Don't we want another option? Make zero sense. Support. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to support the company that you want to compete with WWE, buy the pay-per-view. Do not go on these watch wrestling websites and or try to, you know, do these dumbass workarounds or watch on YouTube the next day. You know, it, it it sucks that it's 50 bucks, but if you guys think it's the greatest thing or it's better than WWE, you know, pay, pay the $50. Unfortunately, that's what I got to say. So, yep. uh, all right. Uh, let's head to the big reveal of who is all elite Ralph. It is Christian cage. Now, this got some some feedback on social media. I've seen quite a few gifts of this. Some were excited, some were meh. 
Some were pissed. I know so I've seen in the comments already and the live chat, some saying that, um, some saying that it is the fans fault that this happened. Some are, are blaming Tony Khan. Some are blaming. A Shall we divulge? Divulge Ralph, because I believe heel Ralph is about to kick in. I'm not going to be heel here. I'm just going to tell the truth. And if that upsets people, I guess you can say I'm being the heel. I don't know. All right, so the big reveal. Everybody's looking forward to this. Now, we've heard all the terms thrown around. Hall of Famer, huge, huge uh, star. Here's what happened at the end of the day. All this talk, all the back and forth, all the anticipation led up to Christian Cage. Is Christian Cage a Hall of Famer to you, Michael? Yes. I'd agree. I think that Christian Cage is one of the most underutilized professional wrestlers from the Attitude Era. Um, he's had his moments. We talked about this yesterday, his feud with Randy Orton, his matches with Randy Orton were great. That's probably the highlight of his career as far, as far as being a singles competitor. Okay. So we all, we all agree that Christian cage is likely a hall of famer. Yes. Whatever standard. Right. The problem I have with this is Tony Khan. I think Tony Khan has once again, put his foot in his mouth and oversold, uh, oversold the goods, oversold the fans on what they could expect. Now, the exact terminology he used, and this is what I was so caught up on yesterday, was huge, huge star. Mm-hmm. Christian Cage, or Christian, whatever you want to call him, during the Attitude Era, was really defined for the work he did within a tag team. And even in that tag team, he was never recognized as the top guy. Edge was the guy right. that everybody looks to as the top guy coming out of that tag team. Edge yes. had multiple world titles. He was the rated R superstar. He had multiple feuds with Cena or in straight on down the line. Christian, he really didn't. He didn't really go out on his own and have a great career as a singles competitor. He did really good in TNA, but that's another part of this. He left the WWE. He had the opportunity to prove that he's a huge, huge star. He didn't really help TNA, TNA out all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's upset by this, and, and I keep hearing this, you know, it's the fans fault. It's the fans fault. No, it's not the fans fault. It's Tony Khan's fault. It's Tony Khan's fault because just like he went out there and told everybody there's going to be a shift in the landscape of professional wrestling. He went out there and said that it's going to be a huge, huge star. And automatically everybody assumed Brock Lesnar, CM Punk or somebody of that caliber, because to most people, those guys are household names. You can ask anybody who's watched pro wrestling as a casual. They know who those people are. Mm-hmm. Christian is the guy that had great tag team matches during the attitude era. And after that, I mean, what he's, he, what is his career defined by? He was never the biggest star during the attitude era. That was right. Austin rock man. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, Christian to me is great. One of the most underutilized guys in pro wrestling, but Tony, it's Tony Khan's fault that he's, it's getting the negative reaction. He sold everybody a bill of goods that he couldn't deliver on. Right. And, and let, don't get me wrong. Like some people are still excited and they should be excited. They should be. They should be. He's great. I'm not saying he's not great. The problem is what Tony Khan did. He, he walked into Mercedes dealership. You thought you were going home with a Mercedes and you end up going home with a Honda. A Honda is a reliable car. It's going to last a long time. But the problem is it doesn't have that name. It doesn't have the Mercedes emblem on it. And that's what Tony Khan promised fans. He's got to stop doing this, man. He does it to himself. He oversells. Yep. Yep. And we talked about this yesterday. We talked about the fact that, you know, he talked about how uh, 
you know, Hager and Moxley was the best no DQ match ever. It wasn't even close. Uh, the shift changing thing that was going to happen on dynamite was just the return of pack. Um, and then this like huge, huge star. Obviously people are throwing names like Lesnar and punk and Cena. And that's, you know, that's, I get it. Fans did hype themselves up for it. But when you're told it's a huge, huge star, Christian might have been a, a somewhat of a star in TNA. There we go. Yeah, like, nothing, nothing satisfies Ralph. Ralph's complaining. Okay. Well, look, if people don't want to uh, realize what's really going on here, look, ask yourselves this. Okay, Michael, you tell me if I'm right on this. Okay. If Cena left WWE and went to AEW, does that drastically change the landscape of pro wrestling? Like, does that actually do something for AEW? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Christian Cage, Christian, left WWE for TNA in better shape, much younger, probably in more closer to his prime. How many years ago? 10, 12, 15? 10, however. Yeah, I think I was in college when that happened. So when you throw around the terminology, huge, huge star, you would assume that somebody defecting from WWE going to a rival company is going to be a game changer. I like Christian. It's going to help them as far as in-ring work. Is this going to help them? get any closer to dethroning WWE as the number one promotion in the world? No. I would say absolutely not. Right. No, and, and it's and not going to. And if you're one of those that took Tony Khan's words for granted and like literal huge, huge star, oh my God, it's Lesnar, oh my God, it's Punk, then yes, you are going to be let down. And that's where I think people are saying it's the fans' fault. But maybe some fans are realizing at this point that, you know what? You got to take Tony Khan's word with a grain of salt now. I know he said something about having aces up in his sleeve. At this point, when I see him saying aces up his sleeve, he's got a 7-2 off suit and hoping for a full house at this point. You know, I, I'm not, uh, until I see something that he says actually follow through 100%, I'm just going to be like, okay, Tony, it's the boy sign, that cries wolf. Sign Brock Lesnar or si bring CM Punk back to pro wrestling or stop to, or bring Okada over from Japan. Do yeah. one or Cena or The Rock or mm -hmm. Stone Cold Steve, something like that. To use the terminology, huge, huge star, you put Christian in the tough spot because now Christian has to live up to that. Every single day, every podcaster, me, you, uh, everybody, anybody, any pro wrestling podcaster, any journalist that covers pro wrestling, mm -hmm. Christian Cage now has to live up to that unfairly. Right. And he will be able to do it in the ring. You now have to assume that he is going to be able to draw and bring you closer to dethroning WWE. And I'm sorry, Tony Khan's got to stop doing this to his talent. He's got to stop doing it to his company. And he's got to stop doing it to the fans. Because right now, had he not said that, had we just gone by what Big Show said, we'd be having the conversation like, great, this is cool. Christian's in AEW. Exactly. Go out. I mean, it's Tony Khan's fault that these narratives are being thrown out there because mm -hmm. he let the fans down. That's right. his fault. Right. If, if it if it was by what Paul White said, Hall of Fame worthy talent, going to be huge for the company. One hundred percent. The like no one would have a problem with this. This is like I agree. This is a huge signing for AEW. Don't get me wrong. I've even seen people in the comment section and on Twitter saying that the big show and Christian should have flip flopped like Christian should have debuted on Wednesday. And the big show should have been the one that was teased for last night. I, I want to make I... one more point. I want to make one more point, and this will be my last point. Okay. You're a huge, huge star, right? 
the big guy, the big name that you're debuting, multiple years, everything that Tony Khan said about him, right? Go down the list of the matches, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 27 minutes, 18 minutes, blah, blah, blah. How long did your huge, huge star get? 30 how much seconds. Mic, how much mic time did you give to your huge, huge star? How much time did you get to have a confrontation between him and set up the first angle that your huge, huge star is going to work? So now you've presented him as, to your fans, he's a huge, huge star. You've told them that. You want them to buy into that. He's such a big star that you give him five minutes, walk out, sign the contract, walk him back. No mic time, no confrontation, nothing. If you can't give your huge, huge star the amount of time to go out there and, and, and show that he's, he's worthy of more than five minutes, why should I care about him? When everybody gets 20 minutes on this pay-per-view, except for Miro and Kip and whoever else, why should I care about Christian? Here's the, here's the thing I'll say. It's already happened. Christian came out, wasn't that on a pay-per-view when he showed up and did that promo? When he, DNA, when he debuted DNA? in TNA? That was it. That's what I'm saying. I've seen that. I've seen it before, and I've seen it when he was in more in his prime. Yeah, like yeah, and, and like people are already making the comparisons that AEW is just TNA twenty years later, uh, and maybe that's what they were trying to avoid. So they just had him sign the contract, walk out, show his new T-shirt, which looks pretty cool, by the way. Not gonna lie, the Big Show shirt and also Christian's shirt look awesome. If I'm gonna buy some T-shirts, maybe. Replace the ones that are behind me so I could wear them and promote them. You know, don't forget 20% off promo code mania. Uh, I just need that. Listen, they need to do one more thing. I got to see Tyson. Uh, I'll I'll redeem myself for everybody that's crapping all over me in the comment section. I could see it. I get it. Bring in Tyson Tomko. Let me see Christian Tomko. Tyson Tomko. Come on, man. Everybody's talking about it. Oh, well, Christian was great in TNA. I never said he wasn't. I like Christian. Christian's one of my favorite wrestlers. Blame Tony Khan. He's the one that overhyped the situation. Don't get mad at me for telling you guys the truth about this. Bring in Tomco. I'll be happy with the whole situation. Right. All right. So uh, there are a couple super chats here uh, while we went on this uh, debate on Christian. Lee Jones with the five pound, five euro, whatever that currency is. I'm sorry. I'm going to get it one day. I'm going to do some research before we go live next time to figure out what it is. Uh, He said, while Ralph is having a rant, let's talk about Justin Roberts. I don't know exactly what about Justin Roberts, but, uh, and there was also a $2 donation from Christian Bullard. Uh, he said, now I can't find where, what he said, but it was something along the lines of, um, you know, Christian's here, Ralph saying no one have fun. I think was something along those lines, but it's not, it's not that we're saying don't have fun. We're just saying, you know, like, what do you want me to say? Tony, Tony Khan overhyped it. And and listen, maybe Christian becomes, you know, the big star, the huge, huge star that Tony Khan sees in him, and we'll be proven wrong, and we'll, we'll admit it if it happens. But right now, at this moment, there's a lot of people that question it, and I think rightfully so at this mo- at yeah, this point. And notice the one thing that we did not say. We did not bring up his age, because if he can go, he should be able to wrestle. Exactly. That's the, that's the other silly narrative that's starting to... Rare its ugly head again. Oh, he's old. He's from W. Guys, pay attention to pro wrestling. Guys go from company to company back and forth their entire careers. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Right. Uh, let's do a quick question before we head on to the next uh, the next uh, match here because it's going to deal with age. So let's talk about this. Uh, with AEW now getting Ethan Page and Christian, um, what kind of stories would you like them to see? 
Or what would you like to see from both of them? You already talked about Tyson Tomko, but uh, what feuds? Yeah. I, I was being sarcastic. Um, I know. Uh, Christian, what match would I like to see with Christian? I, God. Hangman, that would be good. Christian and Hangman would be good. Christian and MJF wouldn't be bad. Um, Ethan Page, from what I saw last night, I, I bet you they're probably going to do something with him and Scorpio Sky down the line. That's where I, that's where I think that, and I think that'd be a really good match, honestly. Um, as far as, uh, as Christian, like Cody, Cody and Christian, Cody and Christian. Did they ever wrestle singles when Cody was in WWE or, or was Christian already oh, retired? Man, I'm sure they did. It's, they had to have or, at some point. Well, yeah. Cause Co- Cody was there from what? 2000. He was in, he was in uh, not evolution. He was in legacy. Right. So that was late 2000 aughts. So he, yeah. So Maybe they did. I'm I'm just drawing a blank. Sammy Guevara with Christian would probably be a good one. A lot of people throwing that name out there. Uh, Sammy Guevara would be great. Uh, Christian Cage and Brian Cage in a steel cage. <laughs> <laughs> Book it, Tony. Book it. Speaking of Brian Cage, that brings us to our next match here. Sting and Darby Allen, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage in a cinematic street fight. I thought this was the match of the night. This was so much fun to watch. And listen, the cinematic matches, I know some people don't like them, but if they're more like this, I would not be like, I would not be against this being done full time. This was so well executed and sting looked good. Darby looked like a daredevil, Ricky Starks, Brian cage. We got powerhouse Hobbs and hook interfering. So that's what now seven, on the interference uh, tally there, mm-hmm. Ralph? Uh, dang it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That would be seven of eight matches where there was outside interference, yes. Yeah. But if it was going to happen in the match, you'd imagine a street fight where there's no rules. Of course it's going to happen. Right. What would you think of Sting? I, I don't think uh, he didn't look too bad. And even in the cinema, like the cinema, <laughs> it was a cinematic match, but... While there was editing involved, I felt like it was done in one take and they just cut through the different cameras, kind of like what we saw in the parking lot brawl. It didn't really look like there were retakes that were edited in. It looked really smooth. And that's definitely a plus in this cinematic oh, match, yeah. in my opinion. I, I, and this this is, look, I mean, for, for, for all of the things sometimes that people are critical of AEW for... Their their cinematic stuff, even going back to like their promos and their their things like when guys would debut, like I think back to like Wardlow and Pack, some of the mm-hmm. video packages they put together for them. That stuff is top notch, man. That stuff's not cheap. And this the, what they put together last night for this match, a cinematic match to me is either really good or it's really bad. Um, and this was really, really freaking good. This was it awesome. Was. This was by far my most favorite thing of the night. Um, Sting, I I I honestly think that. Sting at some parts in the match probably had a stunt double, and that's fine. I don't, I don't care. Um, because you really thought he all... used a stunt double? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there one spot where he did like a Canadian destroyer or something at the end of the match? I don't think Sting really did that. I don't know. I'd have to but, rewatch it. You know, I, I don't think I saw that spot. I'm sure people will tell me in the in the live chat. But all that uh, matters is the perception. All that matters is what you you leave with, like your lasting impression. And I think the overwhelming majority of fans walked away from the saying. That was awesome. Everything from the introduction to, you know, them walking out with the guys with the Darby and Sting masks and the music and everything. I, th- I thought this was 
great. My favorite spot, two favorite spots, um, Cage walking up the stairs with the ver- and the vertical f- suplex stance with, with Darby up. Mm-hmm. And the spot where Darby got thrown through the window and the thing yep. just like collapsed on him. Yep. Awesome. Just awesome stuff. This was yeah. great. Someone right said up there the, alongside the Boneyard match. That was this these this was very well done. It just goes to show you though, the what if. What if we got Sting and Taker in a cinematic match like this, knowing that the Boneyard match was awesome and this match was awesome. If you put those two together, holy crap, it would be amazing. Well, how old are the Rock and Roll What are they, how old are they? They're Never say never. They're they're in the same age as same age gra- bracket as Undertaker and Sting. I think they're older than Taker, but younger than Sting. But I have to double check. Um, but yeah, they're they're definitely in there because they were wrestling in the eighties and seventies, uh, so they're definitely yeah. up there in age as well. Um, someone brought up in the live chat that Darby directed ninety percent of this match. If he did, props to him, not just as a wrestler, but if he means like directing as a filmmaker too, props to him in filmmaking. Yep. Like this looked awesome from uh, like as a guy that works in television and has like an idea of how to like editing, cine- like editing and the cameras and whatnot. It looks so good. And you brought this up a little bit. One of the best touches of this match was the music. Mm-hmm. I love that little subtle music going into it because it kept like the vibe going. Even though the commentary was talking over it, I thought like it just added to it. And that's why I say if they did more of this, like in the future in pro wrestling, I would totally buy into that. And I know some people might be like, oh, it's more entertainment than it is sport. But you go see so action why? movies, don't you? If you're entertained, what are you complaining about? It's 2021. They got to try something different with pro wrestling. Every literally the one downside of the attitude era is that everything got done. Like what, what else can you possibly do other than literally what didn't actually happen last night, but mm-hmm. blow the freaking ring up right. to get people to, to pay attention. Right. Like, what are you going to do? They got to try something different. So I definitely don't fault them for doing this, nor do I fault the WWE for, or even uh, TNA. Um, impact for that matter yeah trying something different if it works it works i i thought this was great what'd you think of taz on commentary specifically i taz. don't think i don't i don't know if they should have had commentary i think it would have been more effective if they just had it be the match itself really yeah i don't know i, I would have had a i don't know i kind of like the commentary added to it like maybe without it the music would be a little bit better i'll, I'll admit but uh <laughs> um so We'll go with that, but $5 donation from the super chat party from Christina Valenti. I wonder who that is. She goes, Michael, it is a pound. You uncultured swine. I'm using your bank account, by the way. Thanks, honey. Love you too. (laughs) So what was your grade on this uh, cinematic street fight? This was a freaking a, I thought it was an A A plus a, it was awesome. It really was awesome. But Shall we go to the main event, Ralph? Please, because my wife is hungry and she just texted me from the other room saying she ordered pizza. So, all right. The I main know event. you all want to hear me rant on things, but you know, there's other things at play here. All right. Kenny Omega and John Moxley in the exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> the explosive dud heard around the world as, oh my God, like, talk about overhyped. And I really hope they play into this on storyline on Wednesday. I guess on BTE, 
they had Michael Nakazawa, like like they explained the story. Michael Nakazawa went on the dollar store, and that's why it executed the way it did. I, I just hope they do something to follow this up because, man, that like one of the most hyped moments in American wrestling history, and that's the delivery. That's well, like that's like do you have you remember the movie Joe Dirt? Yes. Okay, in the movie Joe Dirt, he pulls over and sees the the Native American. He's selling fireworks, and Joe Dirt's like, "Where's the good stuff?" And he's like, "This is the good stuff." Snakes and sparklers. That's what we got. We got snakes and sparklers. Not the Roman candles, not the husky do's and the husky don'ts, not the big explosions that go boom. What the hell, man? Come on. Yeah. How this can, was bad. This like, was bad. This was, and it was especially bad because Eddie Kingston was even trying. Look, I know that Tony Khan right now and even Moxley are trying to backpedal and say, oh, well, Kenny Omega, he's no mastermind. He can't make bombs. But that doesn't explain Eddie Kingston's selling as if he knew that he was supposed to sell. Like, the and I see people, was supposed to happen. I see people trying to defend Eddie Kingston. Stop. And, and Stop, guys, I mean, come on. Like, they're saying he was in some kind of shock. There's really nothing he could do because he didn't actually see the explosion. So he just sold it. Ah, oh, like. That so was, what did he have like a, a a tray of cookies in the back and go into like diabetic shock or something like what like I don't know like I I give him credit I will give him credit because he's trying to sell something that was supposed to be much bigger than it was and even the commentary did it so I I, I don't want to completely bury those guys but I don't know so, like I I like I don't know if it was actually a, a botched pyro i honestly think that's how it was designed i really don't see anything around the ring that makes you think that was that was a ending gone wrong i honestly think that's how it was planned and i just hope there's a storyline where either kenny messed up or michael nakazawa messed up that they could somehow salvage that it's going to be hard but man that was like you i don't know if there's a single person in this world that watched last night and was like that was an awesome ending. Yeah. And I mean, my initial thought when I saw the sparklers going off was Gilbert, literally Gilbert. Yeah. I've seen Gilbert. I've seen Gilbert gifts. I've seen sparkler gifts, the Joe dirt scene that I referenced. People put that gif out there. Like even like, Guys, it wasn't designed to be like that. I don't, don't no. Tony Khan said that Tony Khan also said that there was going to be a huge, huge star. Come on guys. I would implore everybody try to be at least a little objective with this. Nobody says you have to dislike the match, but there's no way you're going to convince me that that went according to plan. That that's so that that is so visually embarrassing. Especially no way. Especially if anybody went on YouTube for the past 3 3 weeks that this match was promoted and seen how these matches are supposed to look like. It co- this was nothing. This was a popcorn fart bec- between those things. It was like the match was very good. I thought the match was good. Was it as good as the non-sanctioned match? I don't think so. But man, that like this is the this is the closing moment of one of the most hyped pay-per-views in a very long time outside of WWE. And this kind of goes out there with the pay-per-view blunders as of Hollywood uh, Halloween Havoc where Goldberg faced Page 
and they cut the feed. That's how bad that was. I don't think it was a botch. I honestly don't. I think that's just how they designed the pyro, and they probably thought it would look better, but it didn't. And and just kind of predicting what was supposed to happen or what's going to happen. We know Moxley's having a child, and he's probably going to go away for a little bit. Right. Even, even the promo he cut after kind of suggested that, and before the match, too. So you'd imagine an easy way to write somebody off TV is to, look, did I actually think they were going to blow up the freaking ring? No, I didn't think they were going to blow up the freaking ring. No, but no, I don't no, no. think that they expected it to be as visually um, underwhelming as it as it came across. Yes. And um, there's really not there's not much that you had to do. If you do like, for example, you do like the big pyro, like like you see uh, Ray, uh, was it Ray Phoenix or Pentagon? His pyro when he came out at uh, Pentagon's Pentagon's pyro when he came out. Uh, in the face of revolution ladder match. If you do that around the ring and then do like how the ring collapsed when you have Big yes, Show getting yes. suplexed by Big Show or by Brock Lesnar, that's all you had to do. And it would have sold the hell out of it. Now, Kingston, I think, plays an integral part in this because I believe this was to set up A, a face turn for him, and B, yeah. set him up to be the next challenger for Omega. That would be interesting. Eddie has a Eddie deserves a, a face push to me. I think, Especially I after think last night, he deserves something for trying <laughs> to sell the hell out of that. Yeah, I think he, I think he really didn't know what to do. And you know what? I saw a couple pictures of what it was actually supposed to look like, and it looked much better than that. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, I feel like if they couldn't deliver on what, what they said they were going to do with the ring exploding and make it visually kind of pleasing to most people, then they should have just not gone with that stipulation. I mean, I, yeah, look where we're at now, look where we're at now. And that it goes to, to say like when you, when you go back and look at like Paul Heyman, for example, back when ECW first started, mm-hmm. he knew they couldn't keep up with WWE, the pyro, the grand entrances, the Titan Tron, when they had such a small budget. So he said, rather than doing something carny and gimmicky, we're just not going to have that stuff. We'll just mm-hmm. be ECW. We're going to have music. We're going to have great matches. We're going to have the brick background, but we're not going to do what we're doing now. Right, right. What was your grade on the actual match itself? The match itself, I did give a, a, a B. I thought the match was good until the ending, which was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Comcast probably doesn't like our commentary of this freaking match, but I, I thought the match was very, very good, but um, uh, I think... The ending just kind of ruined it for me, unfortunately. And you two probably disagrees with us. And that's why we're getting these sudden drops all of a sudden. So I apologize for that. Uh, someone's saying go with Spectrum. We don't get Spectrum here. It's it's literally Comcast is the only person we could get. It sucks. <laughs> AEW's messing with the Wi-Fi, probably. Tony Khan's hearing us. And he's like, I don't like your criticism. And he's hijacking our internet. The connection botch is worse than the explosion. Somebody tipped him off that I was ranting about the matches. <laughs> Kenny Omega, which must mind have been... you, add it, add it to the list. There was outside interference in that match too, which yep. makes like eight of nine on the night. Yep. Also, uh, Kenny Omega must have installed your internet. Yep. <laughs> AEW's mad. I haven't watched WWE since 2001 besides a few NXTs. Uh, all right. So... We see on Wednesday, I think, like I said, Kingston, uh, 
Kingston's going to be the one that goes after Omega next. I just don't know how they're going to book it. Like, is Kingston going to be off for a while to sell these injuries or what? I don't know what they're going to do. I know they're trying to work themselves out of it right now, but I don't. I, I think the overwhelming majority of fans are kind of pointing out that it was a flawed or botched ending. Yeah. Even if it wasn't a botch and it was intended to be that way, did not live up to expectation. So, yeah, unfortunately, but. Uh, we'll do a couple questions before we head on out. Hopefully the connection stays um, here, but um, use the hashtag question. Also, Mar- uh, Merchamania going on, 20% off with the promo code MANIA. Um, here's what Tony Khan actually said, speaking of the explosion in his cover-up here. He said, what do you want, to actually have the ring explode? Well, yes, that was the match you made. <laughs> That's that's uh, one of the comments here. That's it's a his question. match. It's his match. He's the one. He's the he's the Booker of the Year by uh, awarded Booker of the Year. If you couldn't deliver, why are you making the match? Why are you making the stipulation? Good question. Good question. Uh, let's see. Uh, next question here. How can they salvage this when you have Eddie and commentary selling? You can't honestly expect me to believe this was supposed to be a dud. How can they salvage it? Yeah. Uh, they just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know they're trying to, I don't know. They're going to have to get creative. <laughs> yep. With the inner circle thing on Wednesday, do you see Sammy help Jer- Jericho or swerve? He turns on Jericho and shakes MJF as a good heel. This is where they could do the story to write off Jericho. And who, who would say, yeah, I, they you could have do Sammy that. Come back and, and side with MJF. They could. That's a good. That's actually a good idea. Good job there, Randy Sam, on that one. Um, let's see. Okay, guys, this show is not so good, not worthy of fifty dollars, but still much better than any WWE pay per view. You know, even embarrassing things still still better than any Vince production. So don't go and watch Raw Miz. It's not, but I, I would disagree. I mean, I don't know if it was worth. The $50. I don't. I don't. Th- do you think last night was better? And well, I don't even. Nah, let's not go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't <laughs> I'm think just going to start it. comparing pay per views, but you're going to have I'd the internet not drop because again. I think I, I've I've ruffled enough feathers already. Yeah, uh, let's see. What's the next? Is there any more questions here? Uh, the only I'll tell you th- one thing. I would like to see. Go ahead. I would like to see Kenny Omega, the best bout machine, be who he's intended to be, and stop with the the storyline that he's been doing with Moxley. You know, it's. It is what it is. They had their death match. Let's get the best of Kenny now. Let's see Kenny deliver the guy that he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I agree. So what was your uh, letter grade for the whole show? Overall grading for the show? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're asking me? Yep. That's what I'm asking you. Overall I gave, I gave it a, I gave it a C. Yeah. W- would you say it was worth... Obviously, I don't think it was worth the $50, but do you think it was worth maybe even $30? I wouldn't say it wasn't worth the $50. I mean, I look, I paid for the the, the pay-per-view. It wasn't what I necessarily was I was hoping to get. Was I entertained? Yeah, there was enough entertainment there for me. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I'm not going to be too upset about $50. I, I'm just more upset that it didn't. You know, I, I was expecting a B to an A. Like, like I thought this was going to really be one of the pay-per-views that stole the show. 
just based on the storylines, everything going into it. And I didn't think it lived up to the expectations. So I, I give it a C. Yeah, I would agree. Probably like a C plus B minus there. Cause like most of the matches were decent. Some of them were a little bit too long. Uh, I thought the barbed wire match was good, but unfortunately the ending just kind of took the wind off the sails. If, if that explosion was really good and left people on a great uh, impression, people might be talking like it definitely was worth the hype, but uh, I think there was some stuff that was overhyped and unfortunately kind of faulted to the yep. the whole show. And some people I think yep. were were pleased with what they were what were they were given and some were not. And I think yep. this is probably the most uh polarizing pay-per-view that AEW has put yeah. on. Outside outside interference, that was a big thing for me. Every just about every single match, outside interference, overly long matches unnecessarily. Um, the botch at the end, I mean, the explosion, look, it didn't live up to the expectation, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't go higher than a C on this thing. Right. All right, guys, we'd like to thank you all for joining us here on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. I'm sorry that we had to go through the internet problem there uh, towards the end. Uh, we will have this uploaded as an audio podcast. Uh, if We're on Spotify, iTunes, all your favorite podcast providers. So if we miss anything... Due to the internet connection, I will have that up uh, within the next couple hours. Don't forget to share us all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. Also, 20% off all our merch. Link in the description. Promo code MANIA for Ralph Valenti. My name is Michael Valenti. Thank you all for joining us here on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.